0: that video was about a minute and a half and uh, probably about a minute and 45 minutes too long but I promise I'm gonna make sense of this and uh, just for reference as I as I was watching that video um, I kind of uh, I kind of was intrigued and it looked familiar I know do you remember the dudes name Matt right and then I I found a picture and I thought maybe Maybe, Matt, you have uh, something you're hiding from us. But, Rob, if you could throw, I saw, <laughs> like, I don't know if there's any um, relationship with this video, Matt, but this is an old uh, picture of our pastor when he had uh, some curly hair going on. And you asked me how I found that picture, but it's right on your Facebook. So it's kind of, it's there for the whole world to see. So what do you see? Um, I think... <laughs> I think you started some animation stuff, but I wanted you to see that video because uh, if you have kids uh, like us, uh, my, my wife and I, we have three boys, and we, uh, as the boys were growing up, and maybe if you've had kids in the room, you'll understand this, that this is normal, right? These kind of videos are normal in your world, right, Angel? Like, it, it's, it's just a normal part of your every day, but as we, uh, our boys were little, and we would read stories to them. Anybody ever read stories to your children? Like before they can speak words, we're showing them books, right? And a lot of the kids' books just have big pictures and and we're pointing in there. And I remember uh, when our boys were young, it's like you're saying, where's the puppy? And what do they do? They bark, no? (laughs) Well, some do, but they point, right? They point or, you know, where's the giraffe? Where's the, and our kids were like that. Anybody else, you kind of, as your kids were growing, you're going through books and you're like, "Hey, where's the elephant?" And they put, they can't say elephant. They don't know what an elephant is, but they can identify and see. They understand, right? They can see that's the elephant, that's the puppy, that's the giraffe. If you ever done any road trips, anybody road trips, um, you play a crazy games, little game of I Spy, right? Hours of fun on your road trips. I Spy with my little eye. Something that is blue. We're gonna play right now. No. But we're, we're, we're teaching our kids to see things, right? We're teaching them to see things, um, and we're teaching them what those things are. And Jesus did the same with many of his miracles. Um, it wasn't always so much about the miracle as it was him teaching us to see something in the miracle. He was pointing uh, us to something. And, you know, before our kids learn to, to say those words, they can identify they can see it. Uh, because understanding will come after sometimes. And I think we get it backwards in the church world. We want, we want people to come to this understanding of Christ and his saving knowledge and grace and everything that he is uh, before anything can happen in your life or before anything can change. And it's the opposite. We want to point people to Jesus and all the rest will make sense after. Right? If you could think of people um, maybe in your family or in your neighborhood or people you work with that are far from Christ, and you're like, I, I just want them to know Jesus and how amazing Jesus is and the things that he's done in my life. Um, and all you need to do is simply just point them. Help, help them see Jesus and then the rest will work itself out. Are you with me? Uh, and the miracles in John's gospel is, is actually not miracles. It doesn't translate miracles. And we're going to talk about this for the next few weeks. But it's a word that actually translates signs. And in Greek, that word is semia, uh, and a sign that points people towards Jesus. So you need to understand that through the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, no other word is used for miracle in John except for one, one spot in John chapter 4. All the other Gospels use two different words, Greek, uh, dunamis and "teras," which translate power, mighty works, or manifestation and wonder. But the book of John uses the word miracles that translate into a word in the Greek that, that means sign. It, it points. It's a sign to something. It's usually a sign to the unbeliever. And God's gospel features seven signs, we're going to look at a few of them over the next couple weeks, but seven signs that point us towards Jesus um, and his identity. They're not an ends in themselves, the the miracles, the signs are not an ends in themselves, but a visible visible indication um, of something else. And so we're going to look this morning at uh, John chapter 9, and if you're familiar with this story, Jesus heals a blind man. Anybody familiar with this story? And it's a quite long passage but I feel we need to read it this morning is that okay anybody opposed to reading the word of God all right Um, John chapter 9 if you have your Bibles or if uh, I don't think we have it on the screen but uh, I'm gonna read it so you can just listen chapter 9 starting verse 1 and Jesus was walking alone and he saw a man who had been blind from birth Rabbi, his disciples, asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or because of his parents' sins? It was not because of of the sins of his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by us, or assigned by the one who sent us. The night is coming and no one can work, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, Jesus. Then Jesus spit on the ground, and he made mud mud with saliva. And then he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. It's an interesting story, right? This is the last time someone spit in mud or made mud and then smeared it on your... Anybody? No, I didn't think so. And Jesus then told him, he said, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went, and he washed, and he came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, but others said, nah, he he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. I'm the same one. That's me. They asked, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud, and he spread it over my eyes, and he told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. And the Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them. He put mud over my eyes and I washed it away and I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Another says, but how can any ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was deep division amongst them. Then the Pharisees again asked and questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? And the man replied, well, I, th- I think he's a prophet. And the Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man that had been blind and could now see. So they called his parents and they asked him, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he see? And his parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Why don't you ask him? Because he's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue And that's why they said, he's old enough, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man in who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this, I was blind and now I see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. You can see he's getting a little annoyed at this point, right? How many times has he told the Pharisees? He said, I told you once, didn't you listen? What do you want to hear? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Well, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind, and if this man were not from God, he could not have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what happened, he found the man... And he asked, "'Do you believe in the Son of Man?' And the man answered, "'Who is he, sir? "'I want to believe him. "'You have seen him,' Jesus said, "'and he's speaking to you. "'Yes, Lord, I believe,' the man said, "'and he worshiped Jesus. "'But then Jesus told him, "'I entered this world to render judgment, "'to give sight to the blind "'and to show those who think they see "'that they are actually blind. "'Some Pharisees who were standing by nearby "'heard him and asked, "'So are you saying that we're blind?' If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus said, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you that it uh, speaks to us, and we pray this morning that as we take a few moments to look at miracles that you perform as signs on this earth that our eyes would be open to understanding, our hearts would be moved with compassion. And uh, yeah, your word would take deep root in our hearts this morning, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So in our text, we can see the signs, Jesus' sixth sign in the Gospel of John, and it shows us um, a conversation or prologue that, that he's already told us, and the one who sent God to be the light of the world, and the catalyst for this story is a question that Jesus' disciples ask him about the, ble- the, the beggar in the beginning of the passage. And he said, who caused this, was it, who caused this blindness? Was it because he, he's a sinner or it was it because his parents had sinned? And the plot of the story gains momentum through a series of questions uh, through the passage in John. And as questions and answers follow on each other's heels, two things increase. The Pharisees fear maybe of who this person might be or what's going on. And the formally blind man's faith. So both of those things as we continue in the story begin to increase. The fear of the Pharisees and the faith of the blind man. Have you ever lost your sight? And anybody in the room, like literally, you've you've lost your sight? No? I've lost my sight, or think at least I thought I lost my sight. Maybe maybe you can relate as a as a child, I remember waking up, maybe age of nine, ten ish. Uh, in the morning, and I couldn't open my eyes because all that nasty gunk, anybody relate, had like swollen my eye, my eyes, sh- and I couldn't, I couldn't open them. And I thought I was blind, and I remember freaking out and calling my parents, and I'm like, I can't see, I can't see. It was terrifying. Has anybody ever <laughs> experienced that? Just maybe me, because my parents didn't clean the gunk out of my, <laughs> I remember so being so fearful of, of not having sight or not being able to see anything. Um, and then with a warm face cloth, it was like, my mom didn't spit in mud. She didn't have to make a paste and put over. She just took a warm cloth and went, and I was like, oh, I, I get, John, I was blind. Now I see. There are many parallels that we look through the Gospels, and as, as we unpack this over the, the coming weeks, uh, that Jesus draws between uh, physical and spiritual blindness. And I have uh, three of those that I want to discuss, discuss this morning in the, in the time that we have. And the first one of these is a parallel that I see in the story, is oftentimes we're blind to who God is and how God sees us. It's not just a physical blindness. See, the healing, the miracle that, that take, took place here wasn't just a physical healing, a supernatural. It was Jesus was was not just pointing at something. He was ch- trying to help the, the Pharisees and people today understand something much more of a spiritual blindness that was happening and a spiritual blindness that we can sometimes have. So not just physical, but the spiritual. And often, the first thing that I wanna talk about this morning is we're blind to who God is and, and maybe how God sees us. Um, I love how after Jesus healed the blind man in this passage, Verse 39, he takes the initiative to seek him out after the blind man got, got kicked out of the, the synagogue. And finding him implies, in verse 34, that Jesus was looking for him. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that Jesus is constantly looking for us. We think, he's so far, he, he, he's not listening to me, he doesn't hear my prayers. I'm so frustrated. God, where are you? Have you ever shouted those words? Where are you? How come you didn't? Why are you allowing? And this passage shows very clearly that Jesus is, is chasing, he's searching uh, for the blind man, and, he, and he's always looking. Luke nine ten says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And the religious crowd in this passage rejected the poor man, the blind man. He was an outcast. But at the very moment, Jesus went looking for him and brought him to solid faith by asking him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And the former blind man asked, Who, who is he? And Jesus said, I am him. The blind man didn't yet know Jesus as Lord, but he quickly did. And Jesus' reply uh, for him must have thrilled his soul because you have both seen him and now he's the one talking to you. So not, not only did the blind man recognize his voice because he couldn't see Jesus before, Right? He just recognized his voice and he's looking. And so now not only have you seen him, but he's the one talking to you. And the man had seen very many people, but now he saw Jesus and recognized his voice as the man who healed him. So he instantly believed in Jesus because his eyes were open. Sometimes our eyes just need to be open to who Jesus is and how he sees us. The Bible repeatedly stresses that if you believe in Jesus, it's not because you came up with the idea. Rather, God chose you long before. Long before the foundations of the world, he chose us, Ephesians tells us. He sought you when you were dead in your sins, and he grants you life and life eternally. Thus, salvation in in Jesus is to praise and glory of God, not us, because if, if we came up with the idea, we would get the credit. As 1 Corinthians tells us that if we chose to be a part of anything in Christ, then he gets the glory for that. And so so many times I think as believers, our eyes just need to be open supernaturally, spiritually, to who God is. Sometimes we just forget it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just uh, sometimes I become blind to the fact that Jesus is alive and active and working out things in my life because I get so distracted or so blinded by everything around me? Anybody come in carrying some stress this morning or some worry? Maybe about things that are, that are happening or going on? Or, and you're just, you're so distracted, you're so blinded by circumstances that you actually can't see that Jesus is working on your behalf. And he sees you as a son and daughter, and he has a great plan for you, but you're blind to that because of the things that are happening around you. And so sometimes we just need our eyes to be open to who God is and how he sees us. God's chasing you. He's looking for you, and he's a God that wants to have a relationship with you. The second thing uh, this morning is oftentimes we're blind to things in our own lives, this is one that we don't like to talk about as much. Oftentimes, I think we have uh, blinders onto things in our own lives that we can't see. But I believe that uh, you know God gives us things to help see those things. If you look at verse forty, the the eavesdropping Pharisees in the conversation, um, basically, like surely we're not blind. You're saying all this. You're saying all this about somebody else, right? Like. You're not saying we're blind, like we're the Pharisees, we're smart, we're educated, like Jesus, what you're saying right now is not about us, right? You can't be talking about me, like I I know what you're saying, it's about about the person next to me, this person needs to hear what you're saying. Surely it's not me, how many many times is that us? We're blind to to the things in our own lives that we can't see that are maybe things that don't need to be there. Or things that need to be corrected. And often, God uses um, our spouses. I'll give you a second to look at your spouse. and just, just. Our children, close friends, um, to, to take those blinders off and say, you're blind to this, you don't see this. You can't see this, in your sp- but I'm, I'm trying to help you. This is, this is something that you need to work on. And, and spouses are smiling all over the place this morning. It's a beautiful morning, but. You don't see this, but I want to tell you why. Because we're blind some things to stuff in our own lives, right? We can't see it. It's a blind spot for us. But then what tends to happen is not only we suffer blindness, but we suddenly can't hear and we become deaf, right? When our friends or our spouses start correcting things, it's like all of a sudden I'm blind. I didn't see that. That's not me. Surely, they're it Surely, it's not me. But then all of a sudden we start to sever uh, that we can't hear either because it's our spouse or it's our friend or it's a, it's like I don't want to hear that. I don't want to. hear That's not me. It can't be me. And then we're walking around spiritually deaf and spiritually blind. But I would say this morning that the God of miracles that we're singing about early, saying, "Come, God of miracles, come." Because we need supernatural breakthrough is because we need spiritual blindness to be removed from our own lives. We need spiritual deafness to be removed from our own eyes. So, so that we can see things in our lives that aren't pleasing to God. And why would we need that? It's because the, the word miracles in this gospel that we're talking about, right, is the Greek word sign. It, it's something that Jesus did all through the gospel of John. It was a sign to point people to something. What was he pointing to? father i didn't just heal you so that you could see although that's a great benefit of a healing right it's like wow if that's like that's amazing you, you healed a blind man who was blind from birth now he can see end of the day we can go home this has been a successful day but jesus said i just didn't heal you so that you could see i healed you so that it would be a sign to people of who i am to point people to the father to reveal. So if you're walking around and, and you have spiritual blindness and you're not seeing things in your own life or you have, you're spiritually deaf to the people that are trying to point those things out, then what do you look like? I think of the song that we listen to, What Do You See? What, what are people seeing in your life? Is your life pointing people to the Father? Or because you're so spiritually blind or spiritually deaf, you don't want to hear it, are you refusing to receive that miracle in your life to someone saying, hey, you don't see this, but I, I want to I make you a better person. This is something that I'm noticing. And if you don't have people in your life that do that, then maybe you need to get in a group or start a group. Huh? Was that a good little plug for a group? Session? Because you need to do life together. I just kicked over some water, so I hope there's no electricity under there. Um. You need to do life together so that there are people in, in your life that can pull those blinders off and say, hey, I'm not doing this just to point out, like, I, I'm, I'm, I have flaws in my life too. We're all sinners. We all fall short of, right? We all shall fall short of, but we need those people in our lives to help us remove those things so that our lives are a sign pointing people to the Father. Your life could be a miracle. Your life can be a sign to the unbeliever of, wow, (laughs) there's something different about that person in your workplace, in your home, in your family, where people are saying there's something different, and you're constantly pointing people, you're constantly pointing people to the Father. Third thing that I want to unpack this morning as we wrap up shortly, is oftentimes we 're blind to the needs around us. and I think Jesus draws this parallel um, a lot in scripture. Jesus answered his disciples in verse three and he said um, The disciples were saying, why is this man blind? Is it because he sinned or because his parents sinned? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. Jesus shifts the discussion from the cause of blindness to what God can do with it. He hints at the symbolic significance of this healing. Um, It's to see the needs around us. Everybody knew that this person was blind and begged at the gate. And they're saying, surely this is not the same person. He looks like him, but he can't be. But Jesus healed him. He healed his physical need, but there's a parallel here, and we sometimes need to open our eyes to the things around us so that we may be the miracle. The signs for others that point them to Jesus. I'm reminded even, you know, just this morning as we were praying before service, um, a bunch of people here ha- went to uh, El Salvador uh, the last few weeks. If you went to El Salvador and you were building homes, just raise your hand real quick. You know some of the guys over there, Darren and Jake and John was there in the back. And John was just sharing, uh, as we were praying this morning, that last week, um, they, was it a week or two weeks? Two weeks? Two week period, right? Uh, so in, one team went for two weeks and built 20 houses. And then another team went for two weeks and built 20 more houses, right? So... Forty houses were just built in El Salvador to people who were in need. And as we were praying this morning, I was just saying, wow, sometimes we need our eyes open to things around us so that we may be the miracle in other, pe- other people's lives. And I think that, you know, these guys going to El Salvador to build homes and, you know, our youth and young adults that go every year to build homes in, Mer- in Mexico is a miracle in itself, You know, as we shared as we were praying this morning, um, Andrew was saying, you know, one, one mom was sharing when they were building, or John was sharing, you know, the, the parents don't sleep during rainy season because there's so much rain that comes into their their homes, what they call a home, that it's dripping on their babies and their children, so they stay awake to just kind of prevent the rain from dripping and sick and You go and build a house and put a roof over someone's house. Something so simple as just, I'm going to just keep the rain off your children. This team didn't go to El Salvador and spit and mud and supernaturally heal someone who couldn't see. But they took a practical need of, hey, I have the resources, I have the ability to leave my country, go to another country, build a house, which is a miracle for that family. And that miracle points people to Jesus. Why why would you do this? But you don't have to go to El Salvador to be a miracle for someone. And I think sometimes we walk around, um, even Calgary, even your own neighborhood, with spiritual blindness that we don't see the needs of others, and, and we get distracted, and we... We focus so much on what we don't have in our own lives, or we focus so much on what I really want, or things could be a little bit better. And, and especially heading into this Christmas season, I don't know if it's you, but everything's got to be just so, right? And stress comes, like, well, we have this coming up, and we've got to get this for the kids, and the family's coming over, and we've got to buy, and we've got to go. Anybody else but, but me? Something about the hall and, and really, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that. And I think we open. We need we need our eyes open, even to the blessings that we have as Canadians. We need our eyes open. I'm going to show you a quick video here, and it, it's been it's been going around the internet. and You've probably seen it, but I, I just want to I just want to stress a point with that as we close this morning. Um, and so, if you could just turn your eyes to the screen for one second and watch this video with me. <laughs> I'm alive! I'm alive! (sighs) Yeah? Yeah! yeah.
1: Uh, Hey, Christine! You're here too! Mm -hmm. I love you!
0: I know! Dad! What's happening? Uh, Honey, the power works! It's coming! It goes on and off! Whatever we want! (laughs) We've got clean water! Oh,
1: that's great. Look at
0: that. Ooh. I bet I know what this does. Rain down the glorious water. Ah. Shoes. Oh, what do we got here, guys? Oh, food. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love food. What? A I have work. This is awesome. What's in here? The what? Jack, be careful! I have a car!
1: Did you guys see this? Yeah, you have a car! A car! car.
0: (laughs) car. (laughs) And don't forget your coffee! You're the best. we can look at this video and we can chuckle, but if we just stop for a second and actually let that sink in, I want you to realize this morning that, that people are praying for what you take granted of. And I'm not saying it's wrong to want and to you know, do th- but, but I just know even in our own lives as we've been preparing for this season, as you prepare every day, there's, there's things, there's bills, there's things that break, there's cars that break, there's, right? And you have to pay for and you have to do and then you want a bigger house or a nicer car or this or that or what, whatever, fill in the blank for you. But people are praying for what we take for granted of. I chuckled when I watched this video, but then when I watched it the second time, it actually kicked me in the pants pretty hard because it's like, I cannot complain about anything. And those of you that just came back from El Salvador would, would probably be fresh in your minds, right, of phew, the lights, I can turn them off and on whenever I want, like clean water. I can drink from this tap. Water comes into my house and dirty water leaves my house, not stays in my house I have a car I have breakfast every morning on the table I have a roof over my head I have clothes to wear and it's sometimes just about changing our perspective just that little bit of saying God open my eyes to the needs around me may we never lose sight of the things that are around us have you ever climbed a ladder It's hard to climb a ladder on a good day for some of you, right? I'm not necessarily afraid of heights, but ladders kind of, yeah, I could do without. Something could happen. It's hard enough to climb a ladder on a good day, let alone if you were blind or blindfolded for that fact, right? But it, I mean... Climbing a ladder gets me from point A to point B, gets me a little higher. But I don't think this passage of Scripture is just about physically healing a blind man. Again, it's about the sign that points people. And I think, you know, today as we leave here, three things that we've talked about. Like, we want to, we, we really want to see God for who He is and how He sees us. We want to, right? We want that kind of sight. We want more than that, right? We want to see the things in our own lives that are distracting or that we're maybe blind to that don't represent Jesus well or don't point people to Christ. And we definitely want the blinders removed so so that we actually see needs in front of us that we can meet, right? Right? But what happens sometimes, sometimes is, is this, and, and I, I need a few young adults or youth right here. You guys want to give me a hand for a second? Like all, one, two, three, four, five, six, all you guys right here, bro, you could come to, really quick, come up, come up, come up, really quick. This is what happens sometimes, right? Quick, come, come on up, come on up. Come on up, hurry, hurry, hurry. This is what happens sometimes, is if you guys just kind of can circle around right here in front of me, like and face me, and talk to each other. Like, but around, yeah, go like right here. Come in, come in, come in close. I don't, come in close. Come in close. Come in really close. Come in, come in really close. Now, just just have conversations with each other, right? Talk about what you did. Talk about sports. Just come on, talk loudly. Like, talk to each other. And so what happens sometimes in our life is you're in the middle of circumstances. And you're in the middle of distractions. And you can't see things around you because... Your kids are pulling you in one direction. Uh, that sounds like- and work is stressful. And your car just broke down. And your heater just broke And you need a new hot water tank. And keep talking. Keep going. And there's so many distractions. And you can't even focus. You can't stop. That's my ear. But this is what I want to tell you. In the midst of all of this, where maybe you can't see through this problem, Or you can't see through this problem. Or you can't see past this problem or the circumstances that are happening. What you can do is change your perspective. And how your perspective begins to change is as all of this noise. (laughs) Your perspective changes as you begin to get closer to Jesus. And all this noise can still happen. But as you begin to get closer to Jesus and as you begin to seek Him and say, God, please remove the from my eyes. Please let me see the things that you see. Please let me see the needs around me. And all of this noise goes away because you begin to rise above it and your perspective changes. Because as I get closer to Jesus, my sight and perspective opens up to the things around me. And I'm no longer looking through or trying to see around the problems that are happening and the noise but I've risen above it why because I begin to focus on Jesus and I said Jesus let my life be assigned to the unbeliever thanks guys give them a hand they're not always like that yeah Jesus healed a blind man and it was miraculous and it was a supernatural healing right But not all miracles need to be supernatural. Some of them can be practical. And my prayer for you, you know, as we're looking through the series, as we're leading up to Christmas, is that we would begin to get closer to Jesus. We would begin to rise above all the stuff that would distract us. And allow our lives to be a sign that points people to Jesus. But also, you be someone's miracle this Christmas. As you leave this place today, you could be someone's miracle. And you don't need to go out and, and spit in snow and make a paste or get mud and go rub it on your neighbor's eye or your co And I, I guarantee you every one of us can think of some needs immediately because God through Spirit is removing blinders. We're so like, yeah, you know what? I, I can be someone's miracle. There's someone that's in need that I can do this. And, and we talk a lot it. We do Christmas hampers. And, we do, and maybe you've been sitting and saying, ah, Christmas hampers, big deal. Food in your pantry is not important unless, until there's no food in your pantry. You could think, what could a basket of turkey and some sides and some, fi- and some presents and some gift cards really do? It could be a miracle in someone's life this week that points them to Jesus. Why would you do this? Why would you? And it opens up a door. Healing blind people who are like blind for real is really, really cool. I've never prayed for anybody and and seen their sight restored. Me personally. Can Jesus do it? 100%. Will he do it through me? Maybe. Maybe. But what I can do is say, God, help me see the needs around me. Help remove the spiritual blinders so that my life points people to Jesus. Help me to see God in, 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 in this full wisdom and glory so that I can see how he sees me. I want to ask you this morning as a congregation, have you lost your sight? Have you lost your sight this morning where maybe you need to say, God, open my eyes. Maybe you're fine in that area. Maybe, maybe God's saying you need to step out of your comfort zone so that you can go and be someone's miracle this Christmas and their eyes will be open. Those eyes will be open to who Jesus is. Those eyes will be open to the kingdom of God. Because you healed their blindness they may not know who Jesus is but you can meet a practical need you could be a miracle that removes blindness from someone's eyes to who Jesus is as Savior as Father the kingdom of God is people like you and I walking around with restored sight God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes so that I can see how you see. Open my eyes so that my life, so that my actions, so that everything I do can point people to you so that their spiritual blindness can be healed. They can see you as God, as Father, as Savior. That's my prayer for us this morning. Would you stand with us? God, restore our sight. Open our eyes so that we can see. Amen? The worship team's going to come. They're going to lead us in a song. And I just invite you to go ahead and just close your eyes all over this place. Our prayer team's going to be here and available to pray with you in a moment. But I want you just to hear the words of this song in light of this passage of Scripture, that it's not just about a supernatural healing. It's not just about a physical healing, but it's about our eyes being open. It's about us being able to see all of these things so that in everything we do and everything we say, we point people to the Son, to Jesus.
1: Team, thanks, Chris, uh, for sharing the word. All I can think about when Chris is on that ladder is we were one fall away from SunWest having a viral video. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm afraid of heights. And so when I see people get up on ladders, I start to feel some anxiety in my chest. Um, but I think as we draw close to Jesus and we get his perspective on things, there's there's a scariness that comes with that. There There is a fear that comes with that because we get comfortable in seeing the world that we see it, the way that we see it. And uh, I think God is challenging us to change our perspective, to take on his perspective. And we live in a world that is looking for miracles, that is looking for signs, that is looking for hope, as we talk about hope this morning. And God's favorite way to bring hope to his people, to this world, is through others, through using you and I. Uh, But I think in order to do that, we need to see God rightly, we need to see ourselves rightly, we need to be, our eyes be open to the world around you. So as I pray to close, I just want to invite that to be your prayer, as risky as that might be for you. Because often when we start seeing things differently, it means we have to make changes in our life. But God empowers us and encourages us in our journey to make those changes. I'm going to invite our prayer folks forward. If there's anything uh, that God stirred in your heart during this morning that you'd like to receive prayer for. Maybe you don't feel like you're seeing him clearly or seeing yourself clearly. Or there's needs around you that are overwhelming our team, would love to pray for you uh, that you would have God's perspective. So I'm going to invite you with your eyes closed and just a, in a posture of receiving to open your palms and, and invite God to give you a new perspective, to rise above the noise, to, to see yourself and the world around you with the eyes that he has. Jesus in this Advent season. We're reminded of that first Christmas where people were waiting in anticipation for something life changing to happen. Lord, today, 2,000 years later, people are still waiting in anticipation for you to break in. Lord, I pray that they would, that you would open our eyes. To see you more clearly, Lord, I pray for uh, for whatever might be going on in our hearts, Lord, that is 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 distorting the way that we see you, God. That we would see you for who you are, even as we sang about this morning. That we would see you, Jesus, and that you are the perfect representation of God. Lord, I pray that people would see you, and in, in light of that, that we would see ourselves the way that you see us, Lord. For some of us, that means uh, you need to challenge us because we're living in ignorance. Lord, would you challenge us? Lord, for some of us, it means you, you need, we need to be encouraged because we believe the lies of the enemy and there's negative uh, self-talk or lies that we believed about ourselves. Lord, would you speak the truth that we are we're created to be sons and daughters of God and we're deeply loved? Lord, would we see ourselves the way you see us? And Lord, we recognize that we live in a world full of needs and sometimes it's disguised in Calgary. Lord, would you open our eyes to see the needs around us for those with physical needs, Lord, those with emotional needs that are isolated, that are lonely, Lord, those that are hopeless, those that are caught in the rat race, full of anxiety, full of never being good enough, never accomplishing enough, never having enough. Lord, would you open our eyes to bring your hope to those people, Lord, because you are enough. Father, we just ask that you give us the courage to rise above the noise and to see ourselves and the world around us the way that you see us. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name.